Please turn your Bible with you to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, starting with verse 57. And if you're using the Bible in front of you here in Fairfield, uh, this should be on page 734. And while you're finding Luke, chapter 9, let me ask you a question. Have you ever sat through a timeshare presentation? Uh, Maybe it was a special deal where you got a free stay or some free tickets. Uh, If you sit through this presentation designed to get you to buy a vacation timeshare, the salespeople tell you uh, that over a lifetime, uh, a timeshare investment is a cheap way to vacation and that it is easy to trade your timeshare so you can stay anywhere in the world. But then once you're sold and you're about to sign, at the end, they tell you about the fees. They tell you about the association fees and the maintenance fees and the trading fees. And suddenly, it isn't cheap at all. Uh, And then you find out it's not actually easy to trade your timeshare either because you're buying a timeshare in the off-season an off-season unit that nobody wants. And so about the only timeshare that you can trade into is the one where Osama bin Laden lost a shootout in Pakistan. Uh, They tell you it's cheap and easy until the end when you find out that it isn't cheap and it isn't easy. Jesus would have been a terrible timeshare salesman. Because Jesus always gives the cost right up front. Whenever someone comes up to Jesus and offers to follow him, Jesus explains up front that it will not be cheap and it will not be easy. In a thousand different ways, Jesus says that when it comes to following him, it takes commitment. This is what we see here in Luke chapter 9, verse 57 where we read this. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now in these words, Jesus explains that to be his follower, it takes a commitment. A commitment that overcomes difficulty, double-mindedness, delay, and indecision. Let's examine these as they appear here in Luke chapter 9. Following Jesus takes commitment that overcomes difficulty. Uh, Jesus says in verse 58, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And here, Jesus uses an image that conveys a hundred difficulties all in one sentence. Uh, This image uh, communicates that Jesus' follower uh, must be prepared to give up material comfort, to endure social rejection, vulnerability, uncertainty, insecurity, and hardship. 
just like Jesus did. Jesus is no timeshare salesman. To those who want to follow him, Jesus says, okay, but only if you can pay the cost. You must expect that following me will cut into your free time, will hit your wallet, and force you to change your values and your lifestyle. Jesus made the cost so clear that it still amazes me how many people there are who think that following Jesus should be cheap and easy and that God wants me to be comfortable and to follow him at my convenience. How about you? Does it cost anything for you to follow Jesus? Do you give to God's work in worship? Do you serve in the church? Do you carve out some time for God? Do you do anything that is hard for you? Do you ever go outside your comfort zone in order to share your faith or do something to make a difference by reaching out to someone else to help? If your version of following Jesus doesn't involve anything difficult, then it probably isn't the real Jesus that you are following. Second, following Jesus takes a commitment that overcomes double-mindedness. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus called a certain man to follow him, and the man's response was in verse 59, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now, Jesus' critique was swift to this response. He said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Is Jesus being cold here? The answer is no. We are not meant to believe that this was a day of an amazing coincidence where it just so happened that this man met Jesus on the same day that his father died. No, there was no coincidence. This guy's father had not died yet. This guy was explaining that he could not follow Jesus because he had a prior commitment. And so Jesus' response is not cold, uh, but it is uncompromising. Uh, Jesus explains that he has no interest in followers who are double-minded, who have half a mind to follow him and half a mind to follow their other commitments. Jesus demands that I make him my first commitment. Now, what does it mean to commit to Jesus first? Well, our life transformation process here at BlackRock is a good summary. Our life transformation process is worship, community, serving, and ownership. Worship. Jesus demands that I clear my schedule so I can commit to every week corporate worship and a lifestyle of pleasing Him. Community. Jesus demands that I find Christ-centered community and be part of it, which for most of us means uh, joining a community group and actually showing up every week of every term. Serving. Jesus calls me to make a commitment to serve in his body, the church, by using my gifts. And ownership. Ownership is a commitment to develop my relationship with God. Worship, community, serving, ownership. Jesus calls me to put these things first by putting other things second. Jesus calls me to make room for him in my life by cheating on other stuff. 
If I'm a true follower of Jesus, then I'm probably going to have to cheat something. So I cheat on entertainment, TV time, and lawn care. I don't cheat on Jesus. Third, following Jesus takes a commitment that overcomes delay. Another wannabe follower says this to Jesus in verse 61. I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say, go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus doesn't accept this excuse either. And once again, we have to ask, is Jesus being harsh here? Uh, the answer is no, because Jesus understood that this was a delay tactic. In the culture of that day, uh, a formal hello and a formal goodbye took a very long time. If you flip ahead to uh, Luke chapter 10, one uh, chapter to verse 4, you'll see that when Jesus sent out his followers to do his work, Jesus told them, do not greet anyone on the road. Was Jesus telling them to be unfriendly? No. Jesus knew that in that day, formal greetings took a long time, involving at least one meal and often an overnight. And their mission was too urgent for that stuff. Well, formal goodbyes took even longer. Family goodbyes involved multiple parties and homestays that could go on for weeks and months. And that is why Jesus considers this guy's request as an unnecessary delay tactic. And Jesus wasn't interested in a follower who had good intentions but was willing to put him off. Too often, I am just like this guy. When it comes to my relationship with God, I have really good intentions. I say, you know, when I'm retired, then I'm going to spend time with Jesus. I'm going to pray every day and study my Bible. Someday, when I'm ready, I'm going to make peace with that person that I hurt. Someday, when I'm stronger, I'm going to deal with that bad habit. The problem with good intentions is that they always come with an excuse for why today is not the right time. Jesus is not interested in good intentions. Jesus demands commitment. Jesus would say that when, wherever I have a good intention to do something in relation to him, that is God's voice telling me what I should be doing right now. Whatever good intention you have for the future with regard to your relationship with God, at some level, it is God's voice telling you what you should be doing right now. I should pray someday. That's God saying, do it right now. I should reach out someday. That's God's voice saying, do it right now. I should help. I should give someday. That's God's voice saying, do it now. Following Jesus is a commitment to do what Jesus commands now, not someday. Then finally, uh, following Jesus takes a commitment that overcomes indecision. In verse 62, Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus paints a picture of a foolish farmer uh, who ends up making a mess of his field because instead of focusing forward on straight uh, furrows, he keeps looking backward. Maybe this foolish farmer looks back because he's easily distracted. 
Maybe it's to watch his neighbor plowing and being envious and jealous or maybe full of pride based on what he sees. Maybe it's looking back because he keeps deciding about whether or not to quit. Jesus says that his follower cannot be a foolish farmer. His follower cannot be indecisive or wishy-washy. Jesus' follower must be committed to following him and not look back. The some 50 people who will be baptized today have made the decision to follow Jesus and not look back. How about you? Have you decided Maybe today you need to renew your decision for Jesus. Maybe today is the day for you to make a decision for the first time to follow him. Maybe you need to recommit to do what you need to do in order to overcome difficulty, double-mindedness, delay, and indecision in your life. You can't be a some ways, sometimes, some days follower of Jesus. Jesus himself sets the standard. And Jesus says that when it comes to following him, it takes commitment. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these who are being baptized now. May, as we witness these baptisms, may it be for us a moment when you speak to us about our relationship with you and how to follow you. It takes commitment. Amen.